Uh, I just knew that was coming. Yep. Oops. <laughs> oh, there we go. <laughs> what a start. What a start, man. Uh, yes, it is Thursday. It is nine. So that means it's UK Cowboys time. Cowboys time. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, just in case you're wondering, I'm a little delirious. I've been in work since half past three this morning. So this is going to be fun. Yeah, and I've been working up till now. <laughs> so we're so we're so we're feel we're both feeling a wee bit. Uh, right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been um kicking the sneak quite a lot today. Yeah, I've got a new phone. Like not to kind of put brands out there, but I've had a pure, know, yeah. I've put a pure phone love with Monster Energy right now. Like, mm. see the oh, was it the the fruit punch one? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I'm I'm addicted to it and. I try and stay away for the full sugar ones, and, know, yeah. and, and, and I've got that other energy drink I just bought the the, the one you showed me with the yeah, yeah. Uh, with the mojito flavor and stuff like that, and it's really nice. But somehow I just keep going back to the the can of the what you call it, yeah, monster fruit, fruit, monster fruit punch, and yeah. I just I just can't get enough of it. The mango that, one is really good too. If you haven't tried the mango, <laughs> funny enough, that's the one I've got right now. <laughs> That's, that's a good one. And I think what it is, is like, you know, like the the, the one you were on about, the mojito one, which I've looked at, I am going to get from yeah. them, and Sneak. They, they're obviously the sugar-free and, the, you know, low in calorie and all of that. But sometimes when you're tired, you need the energy You boost. really do need that sugar boost for, for some days. Yeah, yeah I yeah. To- totally agree with you. And for, <laughs> and for Lisa, like, for especially when it comes to us watching a game, Oh yeah, early hours in the morning, uh, <laughs> like the caffeine overload, the sugar overload that we go through, like, especially that twenty-four hour draft show that we did. Oh yeah. Day, but yeah. I don't know how many energy drinks we went through, how many coffees we went through, mm-hmm. but just to put that in perspective, it's like the time difference kills us. Regardless. <laughs> it does and uh, a lot of people like when you speak you know they we speak to like the guys over in dallas cowboys media yeah. and they'll just be like are you okay and you're just like yeah yeah just tired <laughs> yeah that's, but, that's the only one only one way to describe it is yeah tired just, that's just tired yeah we, we work off central time but here we are like here's the oh, third there he is there he is the man the big legend man himself here he is mr big game james he's been on the show so many times he's going to change his name to Sir Big Game James. <laughs> 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 What's up, fellas? What's up, man? Yeah, I'm good, man. I'm good. Right? You? I mean, I'm good. I'm chilling. You know what I'm saying? You know it's always good when I jump on here, man. I'm like, ah, I told you. Last week couldn't do it. As soon as you said that, I said, all right, man. I already put it in the schedule. I already let them know. We ain't <laughs> Bye. See you later. Three o'clock. I'm out of here because y'all know what I'm doing. So they on there I know what's up. So. I'm ready to have a good time. It's good talking to y'all again, man. It's good talking to y'all, dog. This period. Yeah, I, love, I love talking to y'all. I love it. Yes. Feel me? <laughs> because, I mean, Feel the last time we spoke to you was pre-draft. Right. Um, so I went back and checked. <laughs> and it's quite funny. Do you remember we were speaking? And we, we this show goes in the audio. We, t- you know, rip the audio out of it. Right. Put it on for right. that as well. And I, I sent you the pictures and I was like, Look at this. Uh, it's finished, and it finished with 666 downloads. Oh, yeah. I remember how you was like, this can't be good. We got to yeah. change that. I got to do yeah. one more download right now. That's it. Yeah, I got to create an account download because otherwise it'd be the devil's podcast. You feel me? <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're back um, this time with you talking. We're on the positional breakdown series, ready before right. we get to camp. 
We're uh-huh. on linebackers this week, so okay. a good one to do. Mm-hmm. Um, now, one of the things I like about this, which just goes to demonstrate how good a certain player we're about to speak about today, is they always say that on offense and defense, you have two key players. Offense is usually a quarterback and an offensive lineman or skill position player. Mm-hmm. Defense is usually a pass rusher and mixing with some sort of defensive back. And without those two players on either side, everything seems to fall apart. But what I find wild is when you say, who's one of the players this team cannot be without on defense, immediately springs to mind. I go, Michael Parsons. And he's right. only been with the team one year. Yeah, we, yeah. We, 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 it, it, let me tell you something. It's so real about that. Yeah. I, nobody, listen, let me tell you how, how much we depend or we feel about Michael Parsons. Nobody even speaks about injury with him because we don't want that to ever happen. So we all just stay hush about it. Just don't talk about it because you don't. So many people feel jinxes in the air. Like if you say it, the next thing you know, it happens. Like don't talk about it because honestly, fellas, let's keep it all the way real. Just how I feel about it. If something were like that to happen, it was like a Sean Lee injury for like a whole year. Bro, I don't I'll be looking like that almost like me make me feel like season over. Oh yeah, that's that's how much he means. Yeah, I yeah. agree. When you think he, he was <laughs> he was third in the league in tackles for losses, people talk about the sacks and everything. For me, the linebacker position as well, most certainly, is tackles for losses. Let me how how are they on tackle for losses? He was third. Right. right. The two guys who were above him was Nick Bosa and TJ Watt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and those are big names in the NFL. That's what I mean. And here's the thing. They've been in the league longer. This is only was his first year. And this is what I said about him maybe about a month ago. I mean, every obviously everybody loves Michael Parsons. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but I remember, what, like I said, when I first saw him, because, you know, when he was coming into the draft, um, you know, he hadn't played. He sat out that uh, COVID year. That's and, right, yep. you know, I yeah. didn't know too much about him, be very honest, until, you know, the buzz started really getting in the air. And I heard negative things about him. So I didn't I wasn't saying no, but I wasn't like, saying that, jumping up. Yeah, I wasn't jumping up and saying, yeah. But then when I said, you know, I'm going to do my own breakdown video and watch him just myself. And I just yeah. picked a game that I wanted. And I'll be honest, when I first the first time I saw him in that game, I said, OK, now I see what everybody's I just. Like, okay, Dallas needs to get this dude. That's what I yeah, felt yeah. instantly when I watched his first college tape game ever just watching. I said, Dallas needs to get him. He yeah. is a difference maker. You could see it. So you got to think about this first year, right? He knew what he was doing, but he did know what he was doing. Understand? He was just so yeah, daggone yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. But he, he he's not that natural ability. He just he, – he naturally morphs into – pass rush moves he naturally does it because when you see those natural athletes it just starts happening for them naturally yeah. like other players it doesn't he's different this is starting naturally happening because he can play any kind of positions right so when he does what he did this first year fellas a year of i know the league now it wasn't that hard for me my first year now yeah. I know what the defense are trying to do to me now i know what to look for in, in offensive linemen and Man, are we serious? And I said, you know, he wants to get the sack record. I get that, but I said, you never know. He may not have that same sack total. He's, I said, he's double ditch sack sack guy for the least next five years. He's double sack guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
yeah, I, I will say this, like, like this was him being like a hybrid player, like you were slitting him into defensive end, you were slitting him back in into linebacker, mm-hmm. even, he even played coverage. Like, you can do played, whatever like, you want with him. Like, like, like yeah. he was so versatile within that defense, like, he was almost like, I can't remember what what game or what play it was, but basically, essentially, uh, I think it was maybe Anthony Brown that lost track of his man, and he had to go pick up the coverage by going back in deep, and he actually made the p- pass deflection on it. I think so, it was the Giants game. You know, the, it was a big play. And he blocked yeah, the ball out yeah, the air because right after that, I believe we scored. So yup, 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 yup. And that's and just what you're saying, Paul. Not to cut you off on that, but just bouncing off you when you're saying that. We have a difference maker on defense to where he can create the turnovers, he can create the sacks, he can create the pressures to get them off the field and get that offense. That's what we have been missing since like a DeMarcus Ware. We have been messing missing that guy. Everybody wanted it to be DeMarcus Lawrence, okay? We all yeah. did. We, we all did. did. But we he's not did. that guy. And there's nothing wrong with that. He's a different type of player. The guy we wanted was the Micah Parsons because he changes the whole game. Now, when we play teams, everybody's going to be looking for Micah Parsons, guaranteed. Now, he opens up the game like when DeMarcus Lawrence came back. DeMarcus Lawrence was a better player. You know why? Because Micah Parsons now, he makes you a better player because he's going to allow you to see single teams now. You're going to get one-on-ones. You're not going to get double team all the time because they're going to be keeping their eye on him. You see what I'm saying? So he makes the game better and easier. So that's when you know he's a that that's the great player. When he's on the field, not only is he good, he makes everybody else around him good. Yeah, see, yeah. That, just to add on top of that as well, like, and we made the same in, uh, the week before about the defensive line, and you've got in the big boys like John Ridgeway and stuff like that, like, those guys can fill up two guys like for the one gap and stuff like that. And that just frees up for likes of Parsons and whoever else to do their job more effectively, like to hit those uh, like specific targets they need to do. So I'm all for that 100%, mate, 100%. Yeah, and you think like the the athleticism, the natural athleticism is there. Mm-hmm. It's the point of attack, mm-hmm. agility, speed, acceleration, the get off, snap anticipation. He has all of that, but then you tie that in as well with his tackling ability. We've spoken about his coverage ability and to finish plays. You know, he get into the backfield and he's got the ability to get there and complete the final bit, if you like, uh, uh, of that play. But what I find scary if you like, is that you watch it and you can just see sometimes in coverage and sometimes in um, trying to understand where his lane is on run stopping, he mm-hmm. can sometimes be a tick out, right? So his instincts aren't quite refined. But imagine this. Imagine the Micah Parsons we had last year. He now has a year of experience under his belt. And those instincts now are starting to sharpen and he's starting to understand it. He's got a year of working with the coaches and watching game tape. Now all of a sudden you go, oh, now we've got the same guy, but he's a bit more football intelligent. You just go, oh, my God, what are you doing with that? That's a scary prospect. Well, it's a scary prospect for other teams because yeah. I, I want I know one thing. I know he watches tape, and I know just I could just tell by sit honestly, I, I've been around those type of athletes, not even like bragging or anything like that, but I've been yeah. around athletes like that when I coach football and just being yeah. around young uh, young guys and coaching and things like that. You see athletes like that. I've seen I've seen some kids that have come through my program where I'm like, 
he he's just so good. My team is better be, just because of him. I had a I remember when I won my championship, uh, and I was my uh they were 13 and 14 year olds. I won my championship, and we had a really good team. Like my son played for me, my oldest, he was a big kid, and we had some night, we had a nice line. You know, I was playing the three-four defense, and we were really attacking side. Like I had I had all the pieces, but I was just missing one end. I was missing an end. And there was this one kid, man, we called him Mandel, and we called him Mandeezy because he was like, we called him like half man, half animal because he was just different. He was like bigger than all the kids. <laughs> but he was he was the same age as everybody, but he was bigger than everybody. And he was just a natural. Like when he came out there, he was eating my dogs. You know what I'm saying? So I was like, man, if I could just get him, man, like it would, that, that would, that's the one kid. And I was pressing him like, you know, and then I remember he showed up on my way and like, I'm riding with you, coach. Let me tell you how happy I was because he changed <laughs> my whole defense, you know, just bouncing off like with my he changed my whole defense because now, fellas, when he got on the team, I could do so many different other things now with my defense. You get what I'm saying? And yeah. that's where uh, uh Dan Quinn is excited because I have him. And in year two, I can do so many different things with him and create so many different ever mismatches. Now I can send my guys here on this blitz, and they're looking at Mike, and I'm going to move Michael right over here and move this off. Oh, okay, they're going to be pointing, and boom, send this blitz right over here on this backside. Bam, got you. You get what I'm saying? When you have that type of defensive player, it just makes your defense better. And Dallas has some talent, and they added more talent in this draft. So yeah. if anything, I'm excited to see. We talked about that offense last year, y'all, but it was yeah. offense, offense, offense. I'm excited to see Dan Quinn in year two with his defense. Yes, I was just about to just say that. Uh, before we go, a big shout out to Joe. Uh, yes, watching, sir. What's up, Joe? Yeah, uh, watching all the way from Italy. So, big shout out to you coming on our regular viewers. Uh, but yeah, like you just mentioned, like so the, the main piece of the puzzle, which is Dan Quinn. Like, can you imagine, like, even like I know I keep saying, like, under Michael, with Michael Parsons, he's just going to elevate his game under Dan Quinn. But not to mention, we saw the transformation from other aspects of the ball in the defense, like from the front four, like in terms of defensive line and the secondary, how much they improved. Can you imagine, like, just the overall defense is going to improve, just going round under Dan Quinn in year two? It's going to be. Like it's gonna be high expectations for sure, mm -hmm. right? But I don't, but I don't want to be overcommitting just in case. You know, I still have that that little bit of like I don't want to like pure like you know what I'm saying. You don't like, want to crown them right now. We still, yeah, wanna, like, we like, ain't like, crowning the defense. Y'all still gotta get it because you still, still need because, to earn it. Because we don't want to say let's rest on your laurels because they were doing things that Dallas hadn't done in a long time defensively, right? Mm -hmm. yep. But we don't want to rest on that and say, well, what we did last year. No, we want to be better than last year. You may not get the turnovers like that, but other facets, other areas of the game, you probably want to improve. But like you said, the secondary got better, and I look at it like this. This year, what's the last time, if you look at the last few years, right, when we look at our draft, we were always talking about Dallas need a safety. Dallas need yeah. a safety. Dallas <laughs> need get safety. Year. Did yeah. we talk about safety this year? Mm. No. Because we wrapped up Curse and they got uh, Malik Hooker. Malik and now you finally got a combo right there where we feel good mm. about, right? Was yeah. a long time we felt good about a combo. It was always either a free safety we needed or it's either strong. This is yeah. the first time in a long time where we got two of them and they play the positions and they are interchangeable. And you still got Donovan Wilson as the backup. 
and I you got, got Kwame coming up as well. And the, the the other interesting one, I know we're talking linebacker. Sorry speaking. about that. No, 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 it's no, no, right. no, no, no. It's, 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 it's exciting to be a Cowboys fan and talk good right, about right, safety right, right. position. But uh, the one that I like is that Malik Hooker, for the first time in his NFL career, has finished the season healthy and yes. is now coming into camp healthy. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. he's going to be a big difference, especially yeah. like we said, year two with Dan Quinn. He's solidified. I believe they both solidified their spots, you know, coming in. is I think curse is going to be even better a year yeah. or two. I just feel like, you know, this defense, like you said, Paul, the expectations that we got to ride to these expectations because the expectation is going to go up. Yeah. You can't rest on what you did last year. The expectation is going to be higher. There's going to be more asked of you. There's going to be more asked of the guys who were rookies last year of this year because a lot is yeah. going to be asked of you. A lot is going to be demanded of you. Um, and we can't go in there slouching because I believe the defense is going to be ahead of the offense. And these first, like, five, six, seven games – those are the tough games, in my opinion, because I feel like that's when the schedule gets lighter. So if Dallas can kind of beat that little right there, and I feel like the defense is really going to have to turn up early. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's kind of funny. I'm maybe jumping a wee bit subject, but I do have a bet on with my co-star and a world's team, Meg Murray, um, said, like, if, like, well, first of all, I we need to win week one against the Bucs. We cannot let Tom Brady become mm. un- undefeated mm. in the team. So I, I'm, I'm, I feel you, but I, I'm, I'm well. I'm with what, you, James. I know where you're going. Well, I, I'm saying we're going to win it, but anyway, sorry. <laughs> I, I hear you. I'm going to say I hear but, you. But but but, but, but you're, you are you are right though. Like the first five, six, seven weeks is without a doubt the hardest uh, on our schedule, and it's going to be a credit to how the team is going to overcome those games. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, Green Bay at Lambeau, that's going to be a really difficult game. And those can, like, especially, like, just Rodgers right now. Like, how are you going to deal with him? You know what? I'm tired of Rodgers. That's the game now. If you said Tampa Bay, you we was beating them, I said we were beating Green Bay. I said that one. I said we were going yeah, I said we're going into Lambeau and we're beating them. We're slaying that dragon. I said we were supposed to slay them last year, but Dallas was tripping and messed it all up by losing to the Niners. <laughs> so hopefully we get it together. But right. that's the day we're going to get in there. We're going to beat Green Bay. And that I defense like is going to be all yeah. over Aaron Rodgers. I mean, you I think like Green, Bay, Green Bay have lost a lot of pieces this year. Like, you know, yeah. central pieces, especially on the offense. When you think what they've lost, so they, they are very beatable this year. But I was going to say though, in terms of the like the scheduling, <laughs> we gone wayward, but it doesn't matter. Um, in terms of the oh. scheduling, I've looked at it and I've gone. If the Cowboys go zero and two, I'm not that. But it's like, yeah, I'm not. You know, most people who go zero and two, and you're like, oh, there we go, that's it. And for me, zero and two is absolutely meaningless. This I'll be okay. I mean, I wouldn't be like end of the world season's over because it's a yeah. long season and that schedule changes at the end of the year. You just gotta Thanksgiving, yeah. Just gotta, just gotta, you just gotta get it together. And I think it will be okay. Like I said. Oh, uh, you know, we're gonna talk about these linebackers because I don't want to go crazy with it. But I said 12 and 5, regardless. Again, I said mm-hmm. if you look at the schedule, I came with a 12 and 5 again, just looking yeah. at it because I know we can beat a lot of those teams. Yeah. I think I, I think that was roughly about my same estimation. It was 12 yeah. and 5, or it was 11 and 6. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I think it was it, it was definitely above yeah. 10, but I'll need to double check what it was mm-hmm. my because because me and Meg did an in-depth show of going through week by mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. who we think we're gonna win, who we think we're gonna lose to. Right. And, so I'll need to double check on that, and then uh, I'll put it up on Twitter. 
sure. Yeah, it, um, yeah, Tom Vite. And certainly when you get to Thanksgiving and beyond that, you just look at it and you go, oh, yeah. And it's like, Ooh, even, even like, good, the, wow. yeah, okay. That's, and like, I like it. Know, I like it, Joe. You even look at like, you know, like Lambo, for instance, mm-hmm. um, a hard place to go and win. But the good news is, is you're playing them before it gets too cold. And you look right. at the, right. the, the Cowboy scheduling. It's dome stadiums yep. towards the end. The mm-hmm. open stadiums are earlier. So it all yep. plays in your favor. It's exactly yep. how you would want to do it. So yep. Yep. Um, I, I yes. agree with that. Yeah, but bringing it back, uh, we'll try and bring it back anyway to the linebacker position. Obviously, we're talking about Micah Parsons. We do all right. uh, as well. While we look at this, we lost Keanu Neal, uh-huh. uh, Francis Bernard, which is uh, Jaden eh. Smith. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Jalen Smith, we lost as we all know in, in that mm. crazy move that they did, and we've already lost Devontae Bond. Um, he's gone on IR with a knee injury. Mm. Um, now Penn State. Micah Parsons taking first round last year, defensive rookie of the year. Um, third in tackle for a loss, six in sacks, 3.8 million this year on the cap. Pretty much certain we're all happy with that. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so Micah Parsons, I think he's gonna be maybe not the if he has another style of season, I can actually see year three, he's like captain of the defense he'll take that from demarcus long it wouldn't surprise me if he becomes a captain halfway during the season you know like honorary captain of that certain games and stuff like that because you know you can, i'm pretty sure you can switch it up i'm pretty sure for certain game situations i mean to me i know demarcus lawrence wants to be that guy i'm not in that locker room but to me mm-hmm. michael parson was that guy just kind of kind of like when des bryant got on the team and he was that guy yeah we had, roy, was, we had roy williams we had those other receivers but you knew des was that guy you knew but, it the, and there's one more to describe him dog both of these guys are dog dogs. you feel me dog. and demarcus lawrence like i said he nice but michael parsons a dog so yeah. you feel me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. If we if we talking about like I said, the leader of the defense is him. Yeah, Period. No, I agree. Absolutely. <laughs> and a lot of people because like we did the pass rushes last week, and some people were like, "Oh, you're not including Micah Parsons," and I I, I get it because he can't. You can, but you what can. I like, I, you can. Like, yeah. And yeah. Mike McCarthy actually came out uh, in the off season. I made a comment. They were like, "Well, boss." What is Mike? Is he a linebacker defensive end? And he said, what I like is that because some people are doing the addition by subtraction thing so that you, he's not a linebacker, he's not a defensive end, so he's neither. And it's like, well, no, he isn't. Look at it the other way around. He is both. And Mike McCarthy said yeah, that. He was like, as, yeah, and they were like, and Mike McCarthy said it. He was like, as an offensive guy, if I've got that guy opposite me, he's my biggest headache. And he, he came out and said it. He was like, I'm not going to pin him to one position because that's more valuable than him being a really good linebacker on its own. Yeah, I mean, it's, that's a fact. Like I said, he's a different player. When he's when you get a different type of player, especially when you have the measurables, there's players yeah. that probably have some really good ability, but they're only like 5'11 or 6 foot. This dude has everything you want. 6'3", 245, 4'3", speed. You get what I'm saying? Like, he has every. He's like that perfect type player that you can do anything with. So why in the heck would you pigeonhole him and just say, well, let's put him at defensive end and let him rush the passer? No, because he can drop in coverage. He can rush the passer. He can make stops. No, I'm going to move him around everywhere. I'm going to look where weak links are. If I'm the defensive coordinator, what? I'm having an 
I'm not having a field day knowing yeah. I have him in my hip pocket every time because I can look at matchups. I can identify who is the weak link and have put a, a, a let's say I got D-Law right here. He's going to get yeah. a, a week in. I can put Micah right next to him. Now what y'all going to do? I got Micah yeah. and D-Law coming in. We can stunt you. You feel me? You don't in know what we're coming. Yeah. So yeah. now you're focusing on them. Osa Okadazua, somebody up the middle comes hit yeah, you. Bam, you feel me? Yep, yep, and yep. that's the whole purpose. And like I said, that's what I'm so excited about, Micah Parsons, because we finally have a guy that I've been wanting us to get some like the T like the Nick Bozas and the TJ Watt. <laughs> I've been wanting us to get a guy like that. And now we have him. So let's work and let's cook. Just one more thing to add to the compliments of Micah Parsons. It's like one thing we do, one of my biggest things about, like just in general, was our defense was in terms of forcing players out of bounds mm -hmm. without, without gaining up as much yards for, like, we saw how much of a threat when, when Parsons is moving laterally to the sideline, forcing players to go outside. It's like they're, they're not gaining like five or six yards, they're gaining maybe a yard. Mm. That's it. Like, like players are afraid to kind of like they're, they're trying to force themselves out without trying to get in hit, and that just shows the character of what Parsons can do in the field of, of yeah. bringing that dominance and that. And, and to coincide with that as well, another thing that, that, like, one of the things I look at as well in linebackers is with the tackling you know, you get tackling momentum, so a running cool. back's coming at you and they hit the linebacker, and the linebacker makes the tackle, but you the running back has got that momentum. Where it will carry him one or two yeah. yards, but you, you think, don't find that you, much of Micah Parsons. He doesn't give up that much momentum. Yeah, and in physics, you would tend to find the linebacker comes out worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is why they get injured so often. But yeah, yeah. I mean, um, you you find he doesn't give up that much momentum. And the other thing in terms of his run defense, the comment I always like to make, and you know, you know this from Big Game James from coaching, is with linebackers, you always tell them in run defense. Go slow until you know. Mm -hmm. So it's just shuffling your feet, trying to get the right lane, and then once you see it, attack. Mm -hmm. And he's already doing that at a rookie stage. And because he's got such quick closing speed and range, it's just so immediate. I think that's perhaps maybe why running backs don't get much tackling momentum out of Micah, because he's up there so quick. So the running back hasn't got that much time to gain enough momentum to push him over. And it is it's crazy to watch. Uh, and for a rookie doing that. And, and another thing as well, he can hit a home run. Man. Like I said, did you see uh, that? Did you yeah, see that saw, the home run I, derby? <laughs> but I but like I said, I wasn't surprised at anything because I believe he's the type of player who can play any sport because he's just yeah. one of those, he's one of those rare athletes that can pretty much do anything. Um, and you don't find those type of players. They're they're yeah. rare. That's why they call them rare. Um, yeah, because yeah. they're not they're not everyday players. So Dallas got blessed. Um, you know, a lot of people were, you know, down on the pick when they picked him as uh as the rookie. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, uh Dallas really got blessed right there because he's gonna be uh number one, he's gonna come in a lot of money when his contract oh. is up. But yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. gonna be the highest paid player for real. Oh, definitely. <laughs> and when but, you uh, when you think as well, he's he's gonna be asking for his contract woo. around about the time just after Trayvon Diggs has his. Whoa, man. Yeah, that's gonna be tough, dog. Hey, if you like, look, I, I said, look, I went on my Twitter, but I said, listen, they got a Cowboys got to win a Super Bowl 
in Micah Parsons and Trevin Diggs rookie contracts. I said they got to win that Super Bowl before them contract comes up because yeah. we know how Stephen Jones is with it, and we know that money is going to cost, and that could change the whole dynamic of the team. So that's why you got to win on those rookie contracts. That's yeah. why you got to win when they're in those very first four years because they get expensive after that, and yeah. teams tend to break up, and then you may have to start over in aspects, and you don't want to do that. Definitely, yeah. That's but, a great point. I mean, that, we could literally do, uh, and we've talked half of the show on one guy. <laughs> we we <laughs> hey, could do an entire show on Micah. Oh, definitely. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Micah. No, no, I mean, it's Micah. We, we could literally just have done the, the positional breakdown series and just put this one as Micah Parsons, and For you'd real. be able to fill an entire show on it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but let's look at the next guy, which is Leighton Van Der Esch. Okay. Um, oh, so, yeah, the wolf hunter. Um, so he was—he wasn't given his fifth-year option. Um, they instead let him go test the market, tested, come back. He's on a one-year contract, uh, which is worth about two million on the cap this year. Does it not? Does that contract not? Sorry, Mike. Uh, does that not contract not actually work better for us rather than the fifth-year yeah. option? No, it does. So, yeah. So I. <sighs> Again, talks about talked about bloody salary cap, but anyway, <laughs> I just yeah, I wasn't I wasn't too sure because I wasn't I didn't know that was like more of a, a cap save more than anything. Yeah, the fifth year option all depends on number of snaps a player takes and pro pro bowl, yeah, and pro bowls that they go to, and because right. um, he he'd made one, but he had less than a certain amount of snaps. He was going to get something about around about the six mil mark. Right. Um, but what I like about Leighton Van Der Esch. There was obviously there was the injury concerns with him, which was what he was like at Boise. That was coming out of, um, you know, we drafted him in the first round, and one of the things was the neck injuries. Um, but last year he seemed to start off slow, but as the season progressed, he was getting a little bit more confident, not so much worried about the injuries, and he was seeing like old Leighton Van Hannon. It was weird to say old when we drafted him in two thousand and eighteen, but you were seeing old or original rookie late van Resch coming out as the season wore on yeah i mean you were you were, you were starting to see the best glimpses of lve at the taylor Potter end of that season he was yeah. making like not many people were talking about him like like and for like at like there's no many bad reasons to talk about because he wasn't really making much mistakes in the tail end of that season. Yeah, he, was exactly, doing, doing, yeah. he was filling in the position he was making in the making the assisted tackles he made he was making mm-hmm. the tackles when he needed like but it may have not been as the solo tackles or anything like that, but he was still contributing. He was still like helping our run defense. Like, yeah, I mean, what, what more could you ask for? Like, he was basically being like that silent assassin. You just don't see like his name wasn't getting sprung up all the time, but he was yeah, there yeah, and yeah. he was making plays. Yeah, but I mean, like, just to, to reiterate your point that uh, and the point I was making as the season wore on, so week nine against yeah. Denver. So it, before then, he's making oh, like let's not, three... Let's talk about that game. <laughs> I know, I know it's a bad one to bring up. But this was the game really for me where Leighton sprung it on. And all you got to do is just look at the tackle numbers. And, mm. you know, he's two tackles a game, four tackles a game, three ta- the, the Denver game kicks in, nine tackles in that game. Uh, and all of a sudden you're seeing this coming along. And his missed tackle rate starts to go down as well. So... Like you see, missed tackles at the start of the season, 22%, 16%. And that's a lot. Then all of a sudden, Denver game, 0%. And he goes 0%, 0%, 0%, 0%, 0%, 0%, 0%, 0%, 0%, 0%, 0%, 0%, 0%, 0%, 0%, 0%, 0%, 0%, 0%, 0
zero percent, zero twenty percent. I know, like, as long, and for me, linebackers, you want them to be around the ten percent. I don't know what you think on this, James, but ten percent for a linebacker miss tackles, I can live with. Anything yeah. more than that is a worry. And he was, he was beyond that with the start of the season. But as the season goes on, all of a sudden he's on no miss tackles, and you're just like, oh, that's really good. <laughs> right. I'm t- sorry, sorry, James. I, I just, I just came and did my fault. When, when did we release Jalen Smith? Um, literally I mean, the start of the season. Start, it was kind of, it was like what the first three, four games. And, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm just wondering, like, with Vanders now adjusting to a different role within the linebacker with Jalen not there, stuff like that, he felt more comfortable being in that position. It took him that time to week nine to really get himself established. I'm just wondering if that may have been the situation with us that like he was basically being played out of position pretty much those past couple of years, and that's why he's been getting out of those injuries. I don't know if that's just something you guys yeah. find as well. Yeah, so Jalen Jalen you know, Smith had four games under his belt. Yeah, right. four games. That's yeah, four games. Sweet week four. Yeah, I think I think it was it was a situation. Uh, also, um, honestly, getting Neville Gallimore back. Mm. Yeah, we had, we had we had rookies in the middle. You know, Osa was playing a lot in that middle, playing a lot yeah. of that one tech. Um, you know, remember, I don't know when Brent Urban went out with the bicep injury. Put a lot more stress in. Yeah, that really hurt. And then we just had Carlos Watkins really man in the Mm -hmm. middle. And Bohanna's snaps were going down. So, you know what I mean, Tristan Hill. So, it was really rotating Tristan Hill, Mm -hmm. um, um, Osa. So, that took a lot of stress on the defense. And so, they couldn't really, you know, get you know keep Lander uh, LVE free. And I think once Gallimore got back in there, Gallimore really helped that middle where he was taking a lot of that – double teams and it was freeing LVE and he was his instincts started to kick in he started being able to make some plays at the line of scrimmage and he started getting better in coverage yeah and I think it was also getting familiar with Dan Quinn's defense and what Dan Quinn kind of wanted particularly specifically from LVE and I think uh one of the reasons why he probably came back is you know didn't have the best year did show I was prove I could be healthy and now let me show another year where I could be be healthy another year and year two with Dan Quinn um he's gonna be a starter so you know it's not like LVE is a bad player and I think for what the Cowboys brought him back and not costing a lot of money that was a bargain thing and you still have talent with it yeah Um, I think that's okay yeah, and, and because it's not much and it's a one-year deal, you've got that opportunity to go, right, okay, late. We, we've seen something coming along. Show uh, us and, what you can do. Yeah. Don't prove it again. And if you do, we'll give you that bigger contract. We'll bring let's bring it all back together again. And it's ironic yeah. as well that yeah, I'm I'm just going on piggybacking off what you were saying, because as you were talking, I was checking. Neville Gallimore came back week 14. So mm-hmm. that coincides with when Leighton started playing better. But he another was really thing, mm-hmm. yeah. But another thing that's important to notice because it just as I was going through it, I was having a look. Carlos Watkins. So mm-hmm. he started the season off slow, and as the season progressed, he got better, which right. then obviously is something that's helping Leighton better because you right. keep it clean. You keep, you know, the, yeah. the more you can keep your, your the, the the outside of that line clean, the easier it is for those linebackers to move freely and um do and their make jobs. Plays. 
Yeah, make, make plays. Yeah. That's that's the whole point of that front line. That's why you want to get those big 340-pound guys in that middle playing your one or your zero tech because they hold up that middle. Their job, you know, they're not going to get a lot of high sack rate, but that's not what you draft them for. When you got yeah. those guys that plug in the middle, their job is to plug and hold that line, get to hold that guard, hold that tackle, mm-hmm. and open the door up. Uh, Ray Lewis said himself, uh, when they were struggling a little bit with the Ravens, he said, well, the reason why we're struggling, you need to give me some big people up front. You give me yeah. some big people up front, we ain't going to struggle no more. They went out there and got Ogly Nada. They got the Goose. They got guys in the middle that that kept Ray and them uh, flay and clean. And guess what? He was back being dynamic. He was back blowing up plays uh, because now you know his instincts can take over. Uh, when it's hard for a linebacker when they can throw down your defensive tackle and they're already come second level to you and you got to shed that block while you got running backs and all everybody else attacking you. you that's why you get those big guys and that's why uh, Bohanna and those other guys Ridgeway and those guys going to have to be huge up front yeah. because it's going to yeah. make it easier uh, for the linebacking core. Yeah, and uh, here's something as well, and I'll let you chip in, Paul, and we'll finish yep. on the man rash. The only thing I wanted to add was about the release of Jalen Smith, how that mm. affected Leighton Van Resch. And I, it, I know this can be a controversial subject to talk about Jalen Smith because the room will always be divided on it. But for me, the thing that I, when I look at Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Resch, I almost see identical players. They're, they're very, very similar in their skill sets and what they do. But what I like now is when you think of Micah Parsons, Leighton Van Resch, Jabril Cox, which we'll come on to in a minute. They're three completely different type linebackers. And because they're different, that helps Leighton Van Der Esch out. And I just think the different types, you know, like a basketball team, you want a range of different types of body type and athletic profiles because then that helps all those different players out because they're harder to like understand what they're trying to accomplish. Mm. You want, to, you want to take this one first, no, James? No, no, go ahead. I want to hear what you guys say. I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I've been critical of Jalen. I like. There's been sometimes where he was absolutely magical in the field. Sometimes I just was downright. What the hell was he thinking? <laughs> um, like, for example, hitting the wrong gaps and stuff like that, and that caused a lot more confusion for like so the rest of the team, and that's why things fall apart. When one person falls, the rest of the team falls under that umbrella, pretty much. So, I don't know where, like, but for me, when you're seeing the comparison between him and Vanish, I, I don't really see it. Like, I do see them as they do have the somewhat like, different... the type of profile, type of player that they are, is what I mean. You know, I don't know. I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, I. I mean, if it, I'm if you if I'm looking at Jalen Smith, I feel like. I mean, me, my opinion, I feel like they're two different players because I feel like yeah. Smith is just like he's he doesn't really have that what he had at Notre Dame. When he had that injury, it really just changed his that whole game. Yeah. It really yeah. ended it for him. I mean, let's I just be honest. That. When we love what he did, like for real, we never seen a player come back and do that. So yeah. you're never disrespecting yeah. the player, but mm-hmm. we all knew that type of injury, you're never going to be the player you were before. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. And in that aspect, he's not like LVE because LVE doesn't have that type of an injury and he can do more type of things on the field than a Jalen Smith because he can't can't move that sideline to sideline. LVE can do that. LVE can can attack and do those things. Uh, The problem, only problem I've ever had with LVE, and this is what I saw when he was at Boise State, 
He had those problems, same problems of getting off blocks when he was in college. That's one of the things yeah. I noticed. I even made a video about it and said those specific things, that if he's having problems with offensive linemen in the, the big whatever conference it was, not a bad conference, but it wasn't like the Alabamas and the Georgias and that, those guys. If he's having problems with those guys, then he's going to have trouble with the guys in the NFL. And yep. that started starting his warts. Those started really showing how he was having problems. And yeah. even now, he still has those issues. So that's why we got to have that front keeping him clean because that's when LVE is effective. I, ironically, go on, but I'll, I'll just I'll chip in and then let you finish, Paul. I was just going to say the Boise State way. That's what you're talking about. I mentioned that on this show that the Boise State way, when you look at it, is that they don't they don't teach them, they don't coach them to take on blocks. It's more to how to avoid and to to shed blocks. And I think that's. That's why you're seeing that now with Leighton Van Der Esch. He's never been taught how to do it. Just a just another thing as well, when you're putting the link between Jalen and Van Der Esch, right? When Jalen got released, that must have lit up a fire yeah. in Leighton, for sure. Mm -hmm. To say, Definitely. okay, it's like, it could be me next. I could be yeah. like... I am like, next. Yeah, well, yeah, well, well, yeah, you're right. He, he was next in line because obviously he had the court. He wasn't getting renewed. He knew he had to step up, which he did. So, um, yeah, that's like that's just something I just want to add on at the end there. Yeah. All right. Well, I mean, that's Leighton Van Der Esch. Um, I'm I, for me, right, of all the players. Oh are, yeah. That yeah. That are like you. You're wanting them to come on, but also a player who didn't make the Pro Bowl last year and is likely to make it this year. That player for me, the most likely player is Leighton Van Der Esch. That's my that. That's the guy I'm putting on. We'll see. Yeah, yeah. Time will right. we'll tell. Time will so tell. Let's look at the Cornhuskers linebacker that we got here before we get on to the LSU guys. Uh, Luke okay. Gifford. Uh, undrafted free agent in 2019. He's been given a one-year contract this year that's worth 1.1 on the cap. Um, I went back and checked. 40 snaps since he's been with the Cowboys on defense. The the rest have all been on special teams. Um, really, I for me, Luke Gifford is our safety blanket until Jabril Cox is up to speed. I don't know what you guys think. Um... I don't know about that. I think uh, we'll see. I don't know what Luke Gifford is now. I think yeah. they, you know, his first year. One, he? yeah, he's a tricky one because his first year, I was like, you know, I liked, I liked Luke. You know, I was out there yeah, training yeah. camp. I was like, who's this dude? He was showing. That's and, it, yeah. uh, you know, those injuries kind of just racked him up a little bit those first couple of years. Yeah. He kind of, kind of behind the eight ball. Now he does some great play, great on special teams. I think he had two block yeah. punts. He was great on special teams. He is, yeah. Um, but you know, I wouldn't want to play him if you needed him. Like I, I think he's not. I think he's a career backup. Yeah, rotation. Um, he's yeah, yeah, just yeah. a. He's a just. I think he's just a career backup. He was undrafted. I think they were trying to see what they had in him. We were all excited, but I think we found out what he really is, yeah. and. uh you know, I, I just hope Jabril Cox can get come up there and get ready because I really don't want to have Luke Gifford out there on the field. I just, <laughs> I just don't feel like he he's a guy if he's in a starting rotation. Yeah, because what I find ironic is they give him a one year deal uh, on a year they take on, and we speak about Jabril Cox next, but they give him a one year deal in the year that we're really going to have to redshirt Demon Clark, right? The guy we've yeah. taken. So they they kind of like. 
yeah, yeah. You know, as Luke Gifford, you're sitting there thinking, okay, I see where the writing's on the wall on this one. But there we go. Let's talk, though, about the next guy we're excited to talk about, Jabril Cox, LSU. Mm -hmm. Fourth round pick in 2021. An absolute steal. Absolutely. Um, yeah. One mil on the cap this year. Um, had the nasty ACL injury quite early in the season. And at the time, I was just like, oh, well, not Jabril Cox. As the season wore on, I was like, we really need Jabril Cox. And this Man. year now, we're like, we yeah. really need Jabril yeah. Cox. Yeah. 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 The good news is, is that he is going to be ready for camp. And not only is he going to be ready for camp, they say that, you know, they're going to be taking it easy with him. And that he is going to be playing week one. That's what they, they I, I asked the question. They were like, Yeah, no, against Tampa, he will be playing. That that's how confident they feel. Um, do you know what I like about Jabril Cox? And I don't know what you guys think. He is basically he is the, the future of the linebacker position. This is how I see all linebackers moving into this, that that free ranging off ball type linebacker. What do you think about Jabril Cox, though, big game James? Big game James. We've never got your opinion on him yet. Um, yeah, I I, I love I love Jabril Cox now. Um, yeah. when I, I did a video on him, um, when he was coming out of uh LSU, LSU I went yeah. actually, I did a video of him when he played at North Dakota State. Uh, yes. because one of the things that I, I said that I loved everything about him, but I didn't mm -hmm. like that he didn't tackle, I didn't like that he wasn't physical with tackling, he wouldn't make go in there and make tackles. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, You've I said, seen that. Yeah, you feel me? So I wanted yeah. to keep an eye on that going into the pros now. We were seeing a little bit of it, but I saw him put more effort in there, and I was getting excited about that. You know, I saw potential even when he was playing in those uh, preseason games. Yeah, and he loved the size, six foot four, two hundred thirty-one pounds, and you know he can play multiple positions. He played safety uh, in high school, and he played a little bit when he was at North Dakota State. So uh -huh. he's a guy that can play multiple, and you love him in coverage. Um, I think what we're all frustrated about is like. Right when we wanted to start, when Dan Quinn could really start really sprinkling in Jabril Cox, like yes. we saw him in the Giants, and yeah. we were all like, ooh, we, we can't wait to see him next week sprinkling yeah. him in more, and then, bam, the ACL. So yeah. I think that's what was happening because we saw him slowly grasping it. You know what I mean? Yeah. We yeah. saw the the slow climb, and we were getting excited, like, ooh-wee, if he can start getting in a lot more games, dog, that defense really going to be nice. So I think that's <laughs> what I like about Jabril Cox because Micah Parsons is always – we already know what he's going to do. Yeah. Add a Jabril Cox in there, yeah. man, that's, 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 that, that, that's exciting now because mm. now you can do all kind of things with your defense. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, you can yeah. do multiple things. And that's the mm. only thing that would hurt me about Damone Clark because if Damone Clark was healthy, I, I made a tweet about this because oh, when you be got crazy. Michael Parsons, Damone Clark, and Jabril Cox as your three linebackers, yeah. now you're cooking. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because especially cooking. when you think, Jabril Cox and Damone Clark are going to be really those pure off-ball linebackers. They play with each other. Yeah, yeah, they, exactly. And then, you know, you throw in the fact as well, say Damone Clark next year, and they decide to keep LVE there. Now you've got that that um, will-type linebacker, two off-ball linebackers you can play around with. Micah Parsons yeah, doing his um... thing. And think of, like, you know, it's nickel defense nowadays. So there's two linebackers you're going to be putting in there on rotation. Um it's just like you, like you say, with Damone Clark in there as well. It's just it's an evil experience that you're gonna see over there. 
if I'm if I'm a defensive coordinator like Dan Quinn, I'm just like in the lab, like oh my, sh just rubbing yeah. my hands, like oh I can't wait what to do packages this. Yeah, 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 well, yeah, really, you know, like I'm gonna do so many things against this <laughs> offense. I'm gonna attack them in so many ways. And it's been a long time, fellas, since we could say that about our defense that we can just really attack teams. Now True. we were always being attacked. We were always, you know, third, fourth quarter wearing down giving up the big points or the big first down or touchdown at the end of the game. And mm -hmm. now we feel better because now we have a defense that can score points. We have a yeah. defense that can attack you. We can get sacks. We can get turnovers. And that's a good feeling um, because, I was, you know, offense is great. But you're going to need that defense to carry you, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's talk about this a nice segue here. Uh, Damone Clark, again, LSU, taken in the fifth round twenty uh, uh, last year, 2022, 760K on the cap this year. Uh, but he does come with a whole menagerie of injuries, some of them quite serious, which are, are, are going to put him out. And ironically, the, the one injury he had was like literally right at the combine. Um, where they were just like, yeah, you've got this really crazy spinal neck injury going on you. Um, which, because for me, Damone Clark could have very well been, without the injuries, maybe a second-round talent. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, a lot of people were worrying when, during the draft, you know, during this draft. They were saying, I don't know, I, I'm not so sure about this. Talbot was, you know, a nice piece. But for me, Damone Clark was a big uh, tick in the box, really, for um, for what they've done. What do you guys both like about Damone Clark once we manage to get him rotated in? Great, Paul. I mean, I only saw the wee bits and clips of Damone Clark, I'll be perfectly honest with you. Mm -hmm. but... But from what I saw, man, it's like this guy can hit. Okay. This guy can hit. He's fast. Like, oh, dude! Like when we're talking about like having like the Parsons and Clark and like and Jabril talks in there, like it sounds like music to my bloody ears. Like, <laughs> I, like it, it, it literally like if you, when you talk about wide receiver cores out there. Like talking about like you had like your Des, like your your triplet, like, like all these wide receiver cores in the NFL. When have you ever heard of a linebacker core? It, it, it sounds so <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. when you really put yeah. that package together. So when it comes to Demon Clark, I'm just I just hope with this like it was it neck injuries and stuff like that. Yeah, is that what it yeah. was? Yeah, I I just hope that that can it's get quite quite up. serious too. Quite, quite yeah. Serious. Yeah, so and it required like quite a fair bit of surgery on it, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah so, and that, that's just the tip of the iceberg, really, in like, terms of his injury history. But but one thing I do like about him as well is his football IQ. From from what I can yeah. see from the small limited clips I've no, saw of him, yeah, like he's he's a very intelligent player. Mm -hmm. Like like he's like his readability of, of how the yeah. player's gonna play out is really oh, yeah. except like he is an so, F, he is an FBI linebacker, pure FBI linebacker. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. See, thing I love about Demon Clark, like I said, I did a, a breakdown video on him. Um, you know, after he was drafted, you know, yeah. um, I got to see him in the Senior Bowl. Uh, you know, before you know the injury bug kind of went and yeah. hit him. Um, yeah. and 
I'll be honest, I was doing some shows and I was talking about a lot of the linebackers and, uh, you know, I had known about Damone Clark, but I wasn't really on him like that. But I had a guy named my guy named Jane Lombardi. Shout out to him. He kept mm-hmm. telling me, big game. You need to check out this dude named Damone Clark, bro. You need to check out this dude named Damone Clark. I'm telling you, dog, he the truth. He the truth. So I was like, all right, man, I'm just going to watch him one time because you keep telling me about him. So mm-hmm. I went out there and I watched him. I said, OK, I see why you keep telling me about this dude. And then I kind of kept my ear to him. And then I watched him in the senior bowl. And I was like, okay, instinctual, great size, instinctual, a leader, high tackle guy, like 115 tackles. Like he's going to get you a lot of tackles. Um, He's a good sideline to sideline guy. Still continue to get better in coverage. I actually, with the Mm -hmm. breakdown video I did on him was against UCLA. One of the, one of the uh, biggest things I took from that game was I think he had like eight or nine tackles, but the uh, uh, Olsen kid um, that was the tight end that Dallas was kind of tar- – oh, I can't remember, not Olsen, but they, Dallas was targeting a tight end from UCLA um, this past season. I mean, this in this draft. Uh, oh. you're, um, you know who I'm talking about. Gur- I know what you're talking Gur- about. It's something, it's something kind of weird name, but he was nice from UCLA, right? Uh, I'll, I'll, look, I'll look it up right there. I look I it up, but you know, what I, you know what I'm talking about, though, Paul, right? Yeah. yeah, but, yeah so – he caught a pass, right? And he caught it. Wasn't and he Joe Rich? Yeah, 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 yeah. That's his name. Yeah. Yeah. So he yeah. caught it. He caught one over the middle. Like, he caught about the 50-yard line, right? Clark was at, like, the 20. Dulwich, yeah. So he did a quick yeah. move on the defender from LSU and skirted. And Dulwich ain't slow. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So he dipped, and Clark hawked him down. Now, he didn't get the tackle. He tackled him in the end zone. But that resonated to me, and to this day, I still haven't forgot it because he had a good 30-yard head start on him. He didn't even have to track him down like that because he wasn't going to catch him. Mm -hmm. But he (laughs) hawked it right down the middle. He hawked him down, made the tackle at the end, and that stood out to me because I said, that's the type of players I want on my team. Because if you get those type of players with that effort and they have the ability – Whoa, yes. when you get them around the Jabril Coxes and the Michael Parsons of the world. Yeah. Just to add on top of that as well, but see when you've got the leader, which is going to be Michael Parsons to help elevate uh-huh. Jabril Cox, your Debbie right. Clarks, and everybody else. Just to think about how the elevation of those players' mentalities are going to be even more and under Dan Quinn. It's just mm. like, it, it just comes around full circle once again. It really yeah. does. Yeah, I mean, if you remember as well, in the off-season, me and Brian were doing the prospect project, and we would take a position and look at a number of plays. Damone Clark was one of them, and he said, "What? what's a one word you use from him? And I'll still use it now, is blur. Like, when you watch him on the screen, I remember <laughs> it was one play, and I forget who was, it was against. It was against an SEC team, and he was chasing down the, the, the running back. And he literally, he wasn't on the screen. He what the, the the camera's on the running back, uh, you know, as it does, it's on that angle. There's no Damon Clark out of nowhere. And I thought my screen had frozen, you know, like it gone from one frame to another, but it frozen in the stream. It wasn't, it was just that he was that quick. He came around the line and brought the running back for a loss, and he wasn't even on the screen at the time. That's right. how quick he is. But mm-hmm. it's just a it's just a blur. Um, it's gonna be exciting, like you say. I they are talking somewhat that um was it the Auburn could, game by any chance, Mike? Was it the it, Auburn game? Were they wearing white? I can't remember. The, uh, it could be Mississippi State. They do wear white. Mm, I'm trying to remember what color jersey well, they were wearing. I watched so much. 
I watched so much game tape, I can't remember. I'll I'll try and find it and I'll find it for you because yeah. it was crazy. And I, I can remember watching it. It'll be on my draft board because I put all the notes in there. But um he is a, it is a crazy thing. And as I was just saying, you know, Demon Clark, they are saying that there's a possibility he could start halfway through the season. And you know, with the new rules and regulations on players on IR that you can bring so many back. Um they can go four weeks and all the rest of it. So it's a possibility. I don't I don't see it myself, but we'll have to wait and see. Uh, but let's talk about the last guy that they drafted, uh drafted, drafted this year. Uh Devin Harper, Oklahoma State, six round, um, 750k on the cap. I gone back and had a look. Um, I understand, I understand what they've done here with this pick, but he, I don't know what you think, James, on this guy. Me, I look at everything and I'm just like Okay, it's it's a day, it's an end of day three pick, but he needs to work on a lot. Like he, he is he's not strong, he's not fast, he gets flat footed, he struggles at the point of the of attack, and he tries to arm tackle a lot. So I'm just like, he needs to work on a lot, but I get what they've done because this is a guy you can have as a linebacker to go do some kick, kick coverage on special teams for now. Mm-hmm. Um, but what do you think about Devin Harper? practice squad if that yeah that's, that's exactly what <laughs> that's all saying. i'm saying about devin harper practice squad. i don't yeah. care how much they hype up some devin harper he is not seeing the field and if devin harper is seeing the field dallas is in trouble yeah yep i agree i mean like i, I thought maybe kick coverage on special that's teams if that's... <laughs> yeah but, uh, but do you really want to carry a guy in that's all he's gonna right be now doing you want no. a guy like that to be doing more than one more than one thing right yeah Especially, yep. go on, go on. I know you're going to say something, Paul. Oh, I was just going to say, like, when you're talking about, like, so the number of guys we've just mentioned tonight, like your Parsons, Cox, Clark, LVE, now Harper, yeah. and that, we've only covered, what, five, six players? And when you really think about it in terms of, like, the rotation and depth mm-hmm. for linebackers, do we still have enough for our linebacker core? Do we still maybe, do we need to bring maybe one more guy for rotation? Yeah, I've been purposes? saying that. Yeah, and, and that's the trouble because the linebacker, you know, it's, especially with the injuries, the Clark, Clark, like obviously Clark's going to be rich at this year, so we're down a guy already. Yeah. So we, we will need to bring someone in just yep. to get just get rotation. I mean, I mean, what will happen during training camp? We brought Hooker in from mm. uh, like during training camp, June, and yeah, halfway through. So it mm. wouldn't surprise me that might be the case. Someone might yeah. might get released from another team, and we might bring them in. So it, it should it should be the case though, Paul. Uh, Paul yeah. Because mm. I said on my Twitter that two of the positions that I think need to be looked at are wide receiver and linebacker as far as depth, yeah. uh, because I'm concerned about that. Because uh, yeah, okay, we're yeah. talking about receivers. If you have a CD Lamb go down, Dallas in trouble. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Uh, because Michael Gaps not be playing right now, so they're going to be looking real bad. So we banking a lot, and on the linebacking core, it's thin. Uh, it's we're thin, one yeah. injury away from being in dire straits. So they need mm-hmm. to go ahead and get that vet. I've been screaming Anthony Barson's down there, <laughs> December. Go get the dude. I mean, people are like, oh, he can't do, man, dude, the dude can still play, play like he missed like five, six games and still has 75 tackles to almost, had three interceptions. He's still a viable option. He played with the coaching staff prior. 
He got good size that you like, and he's a veteran. That's what you need. So if you have a guy going down, are we really worrying about a Devin Harper or somebody, a Stony, a guy named Stony? Um, uh, I don't even know Jackson from Stoney. Liberty. Who you know yeah. what I mean? I don't want to rely on nothing like that. I want to rely. Yeah. If you're talking about keeping this season afloat and not missing a beat. That's what needs to happen. You need to get a veteran Agreed. in here um, because are we trying to win a Super Bowl? Or are, we, are we trying to just develop players? They try and win a Super Bowl. They need to get that veteran in here um, because he has the experience and can keep the team afloat if there's an injury that goes down. You feel yeah. more confident. And, and the other added thing as well with getting more linebackers or linebacker at least is when you think as well, special teams traditionally, you know, or not traditionally, but because of the makeup of the athletic profile of linebackers, they make up the bulk of your special teams. If you don't have linebackers on your special team, the next place you're going to is wide receivers. So like you just said, the two places with thinnest linebacker and wide receiver, the last place you want injuries to happen and you're going to have to rotate one positional group to another and hope that no injuries happen along the way. Um, so that's my, my piece on that. But go on, Paul. I was just trying to say, like, we're talking about, like, some of the other players that we could bring in. Like, there was obviously, you mentioned Anthony Barr. I mean, what about the other Anthony we could talk about? Former Dallas Cowboy player Hitchens, Anthony Hitchens. Yeah, yeah, Anthony, yeah, yeah. That's Super, what... Bowl, Super Bowl winning. I mean, he's 30 years old, but he can still probably provide a, a, one, one more, a mm -hmm. one-year hat just to help within the rotation of the squad. Like, and, in that Mike linebacker type role yeah and he knows the team like yeah. maybe not obviously don't won't know the system because he's different to defensive coordinator but you'll know the dallas cowboys mentality in terms of like what's expected from the organization so it could be what for thought so yeah, yeah yeah yeah. i see where you're going it's not a bad way to go all right but we'll look at the last two undrafted free agents we just touched on story jackson um which we'll come to in a minute but we'll look at texas a&m's that's right baby aaron hansford uh, undrafted free agent 700k on the cap um so one of the things i made a note of was bond obviously as we spoke about has gone out on ir it was really mm -hmm. a battle between Aaron uh, and Bond about trying to maybe get a practice squad position. Um, with Bond gone, it really opens the door up for Aaron. He, he he's he's a fast type guy. He, you know, he's not pure athletic. You could say that it, that's the one thing he needs to build on the most. But he can tackle. You know, he he's, he can get those tackles in. I think it's really between um, between the the two linebackers at this stage. Hansford uh, and the guy we just spoke about, Devin, about really who is going to get possibly, because the linebacker position is so thin, that spot where they can play on special teams and, and ha be a special teams contributor and be a linebacker if they need it. I think that's really all you can say about the two. Um, I like Hansford. I don't think I he do. would like play him. or anything like that, but um, you know, they had another guy from Texas AM the year before who they yes. liked. He was a linebacker, and I liked him too. I cannot remember his name, but he was a linebacker too, and he was undrafted. And he was he got oh, what hurt was his in, name? He got hurt in a preseason game, and they had to let him go due to an in injury settlement. I think he went to the Rams. But I liked him and I thought he could keep him on a practice squad and you could do something with him. Hansford kind of on the tip of my tongue. Yeah. I know Paul's oh, looking, it up. Paul, Paul's yeah. looking it up. Paul's looking it up. I see him ticking. Paul's looking it up. But um, I, got, was like, I got you. I got you. So what was his name, Paul? 
I'm just trying to find it up just now. So the undrafted free agent market from 2021. So uh, he was actually ahead of Hansford. Anthony Hines. Anthony yes, Hines. Anthony Hines. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a guy I liked last year on the practice squad. Mm -hmm. I said keep an eye on him. And they liked him, but he had a, he got hurt and they had he, they had to let him go. So Han, he was ahead of Hansford at Texas A&M. And mm -hmm. so when he kind of – I think he set out – the COVID year and look, kind of opened the door for Hansford. Yeah, Hansford yeah. looked good. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I like his size. He's not a physical linebacker, but he's an yeah. athletic linebacker. He can cover like you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And I like that. And I think he has a chance. And I think if, you know, the Cowboys put him on that practice squad, let him develop, keep him on the low, uh, keep an eye on Aaron Hansford. I think he could do some things, not this year, but maybe down the yeah. line. Yeah, you need really the, the big things is he needs to get in the gym. Yeah, like, he needs to get bigger. The, he's not strong. Yeah. yeah, no, not at all. And, like, when you think in some of the games um, you were watching last year, he was, like, losing – he was, you know, getting pushed off the ball quite right. easily. And you right. just think, right, okay, if he's not doing that in college, what makes you think where it, it right. gets bigger in the NFL, he's going to do it there. So get him in the gym and work him up a bit, and then we'll see what we get out the other side. And then the last guy then – is uh, Story Jackson from Liberty. I mean, I tried to find some information on him when it came up that we got this guy as a UDFA. All I can say is he's from Liberty. Uh, he's quite a short guy. He's classed as a tweener. Um, and that was about it. So I don't know what you guys have got on Story. All I'm saying is that I, I unless something comes up from camp and he, he catches my eye, I don't really see what he's going to do. Well, he, he looks extremely athletic. I will say that. Yeah. Okay. okay. He's athletic. He he's got some good athletic traits. Uh, once again, you have to see because you can keep more people on the practice squad now. That's right. Yeah. Um, so that's a good thing. And let's just see how he does in camp. Um, you yeah, know, me. those 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 undrafted guys. I don't really you know put too much stock. But this year, I mean, I can't say this. This was a good undrafted free agent class for it the was. Dallas Cowboys. A very good one. And I think they're going to push some guys out there, especially guys who were on the roster last year that were drafted lower. They're going to be pushing them guys. So yeah. don't be surprised if you see one of those guys maybe take the other guy's spot, maybe get the practice squad, and they get released. We'll see. But it'll be some good competition. So I'm kind of like you, Mike. Let me yeah. kind of see it in training camp. Just to add, a, just sorry, mate. Just to top it up for for uh, Story Jackson, he actually won the award for the Buck Buchanan Award. For, well, he's a, a finalist for it. Uh, finalist, for the okay. yeah, yeah. yeah, for Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, and yeah. So that was back and yeah, like like back in two thousand twenty one. So mm -hmm. he's he's so people are talking about him regardless. So for him yeah. to be a fear, so at least there's something that he can bring. You know, so and Liberty mm -hmm. are that type of quite quite a physical in the box type team. But right. uh, I, the other thing I was going to say, mind you, James, uh, you mentioned about you know the the Cowboys undrafted free agent. It came up that they give points scores on players in the undrafted free agent market, and mm -hmm. the Cowboys have been first mm -hmm. for the last four years. Well, they definitely got they definitely are good in that their those scouts are good as far as oh, yeah. getting those undrafted players. You know, Will McClay, they do their homework. And I'm I mean, let's keep it real. That's what keeps the Cowboys afloat for real. Yeah, yeah. It was something that came out. I think CBS do the rank. Is it CBS? Either CBS or ESPN. Probably, they do probably. Yeah, and they like they give scores to all the players, you know, just like they would do in the draft, like right. a, a scouting score. 
and whatever play goes to market, they tote up all those players, and the Cowboys are always first with the most points, and they have been for the last four years. Just thought I'd throw that little fact in for you. Well, that's um, good. Hey, like I said, I like that. Yeah. So, it, you know, and the only thing really that I think we're missing in terms of competition uh, now is the kickers. But we get to that in a few weeks' time because there's only two more shows of uh, season three. And you were, look at that. You were on one of the last few shows of season three with us, uh, James. Nice. Yeah. Nice. See how that works. So yeah. we, we got cornerbacks next week, then safeties, and then that's it. And we're on to season four, and it's all on to training camp, Oxnard. Uh, are you going to Oxnard this year, James? Yes, I am. We're supposed um, to be down there, God willing, because we're about to take care of some things right now with it. But we okay. should be there like the last few, maybe a couple days of July and be there the first week of August because that's when the good, um, good, hot and heavy stuff, because then they start breaking off and, you know, going to L.A. and, you know, mm -hmm. scrimmaging the Broncos. Them, so you don't really get a lot of the good inner squad work. And, and so you get that, some nice weather then. Too. Right. You feel me? So, yeah, yeah. we're going to be out there and uh, hopefully get some good tape and be able to see these rookies and see, you know, how Dak and them look. Um, I'm excited, as always, always to hit camp. Yeah. The, the only trouble is, is you've told me you are going. I was trying to find out. Now I know. You know that it's just going to be a constant bombardment of questions from me. Like, James, what's this look like? <laughs> hey it's all good hey that's what that that's what i was out there doing them videos for <laughs> i'm out there talking with it you know i love it you know because then like i said you know we all love to listen to the guys uh from the cowboys or whatever but i always said i want to see it through my own eyes i want to see it up close i want to see yeah. these players for myself and that's then it. can be a judge to say hey this dude is kind of nice because I know I went to camp and I thought certain certain things. And then when I seen him at camp, I thought something totally different. Um, especially uh one to be example was uh J. Ron Curse. I was thinking something totally different when I watched the tape, but then when I watched him up close and saw what they were doing with him, I was like, Okay, I'm changing yeah. up. He's gonna be a player with Dallas this year. Yeah, mm -hmm. seeing a person close and taking snaps for real is totally yeah. different than tape. Yep, yeah. yep. You get a different perspective, don't you? But, yes, that is it for the linebacker position um, from us. Um, I know, obviously, you've got uh, your own stuff to be getting on with, and it's uh, getting late into the uh, – it's about five – just gone five o'clock for you over there now. Yeah, yeah, but it's late over where y'all at, ain't it? Yeah, early yeah. In the yeah, after 10 p.m. Yep. Oh, yeah, see? Oh, well, yeah, let me get y'all off. Y'all need to go to bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you say go to bed. I have just <laughs> I've just literally just ordered some pizza, so that's oh, okay, 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 okay. I got you. Just so you know, though, in Scotland, James, they deep uh -huh. fat, fr they deep fry their pizza. Yeah, we do deep fry pizza. Yep. I Seriously? I don't, I don't oh yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, you know you're gonna have to. When I get down there, you're gonna have to show me that. I ain't even gonna we, say we, that sound good. We call it a pizza crunch. That's what we call it. <laughs> that that's, that sounds like a definite pizza, more than a crunch. Yeah. It's it, 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 it sounds like it's gonna, it's it's gonna a, break your teeth. It, it, <laughs> you, you eat it, you eat it, and you can feel your heart rate going faster. Going, oh my I god! Bet. Yeah, I bet. Ah, help! <laughs> I need a, I need aspirin. Um, but um, yes, we'll let you go, mate, because we'll just run the adverts here uh, okay. and close out the show. But thank you very much for joining us again. We'll get you on. Um, maybe like during preseason, uh, uh, preseason, the preseason games, uh, mm. and um, uh, as we rank things up, and we can show you what it all looks like for season four. Um, all right. And we'll get you back on, mate. 
Well, you know what it is. All you do is hit the inbox, and I'm ready to go, big dog. And I, I appreciate y'all. Thank y'all again, and man, y'all have a great night. And you right, have man. a great weekend. You too, all right. You too, man. Peace. Bye. Bye. Right. Okay. So Legend. yes, Legend. that's the line that he is a legend. And as you can see, here he is, right up on the screen. Yeah, yeah, it's over, on the, over there on the right, like smiling away. His little yep. face. <laughs> and also, if you are going to go to a game this year. Make sure you tell Cowboys Experience we sent you, and you'll get yourself a little shifty nifty. But talk about this for me, Paul. What is this that's on the screen? This is the 2023 care package for our UK Cowboys fans. So if you want to come along with us, be sure to get in touch with uh, Cowboys Experience, and they'll hit you up. Uh, all the details are on our Facebook page group yes. and yes, yes uh, the details what's included in the package the which is a lot <laughs> it's a lot and also uh the, the prices and the range of the prices what what you want included etc etc and yeah be sure to go to our facebook group and check it out that's right it's gonna be a lot of fun i can't wait for it um you know the only trouble is is people are gonna be asking us questions but if me, you, and Jamie are together, tie in with Lauren and Brian as well. You know, we're not going to be very sober. No, we're, we're you're, you're talking about. I would say maybe ninety over ninety percent of the time we're going to be slightly intoxicated or mm -hmm. recover or recovering from being recovering. intoxicated. And we're it'd not be like, go I on. think the, I think the only day we're going to be completely sober is when we're actually going home. <laughs> yeah, so you know you can get back on the plane because uh, yeah. you know that it, it, it's gonna happen. Where they're gonna be like, "Oh, fancy coming on, uh, coming over here and joining us on our podcast," and you're gonna be like, "I am too drunk to be talking cowboys." Yeah, <laughs> that that literally happened to me like the day after when I joined Shannon and uh, Nate Newton yeah. on the, the Jacksonville game. <laughs> like, like, like the day after when they did that documentary on myself, like I, I was, I was so still, I was still wasted from the game. <laughs> I was, I was so married out my face, and I walked into the studio, and I'm just like, yeah, Oops. it was a great. I was like, such a great game. I just went to my bed, pretty much. <laughs> and, 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 and even Shan is like, dude, you look like crap. Yeah. <laughs> When I, after you went to the basketball game? No, that was the year before. Oh, the year before, yeah. yeah, yeah. That was the year before. Well, anyway, that is it from us. Join us next week. We're going to be looking at the cornerbacks as we're on to the penultimate show for Season 3. Um, looking at cornerbacks, then the week after, safety special teams. Uh, but that is it from us. Have a great weekend. We'll see you all again. Stay safe. Finish us off, Paul. Have a good one, guys. Go Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs>